Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. We begin a study on the book of Romans today. The traditional author of Romans is the Apostle Paul. That's never really been in doubt from the time of the early church. Uh, He's referenced within the text itself as the author, and uh, as I say, it's never been contested. It's generally believed to have been written around 57 AD and written from Corinth. Paul's letter to the Romans indicates that he had never yet been to Rome. Uh, He ultimately would be taken to Rome as a prisoner from Jerusalem and put on trial before Nero. But at this point in time, he had not yet been to Rome. Now, I want you to consider that Rome was the capital of the world, governmentally speaking, in Paul's day. So the capital of the Roman Empire was really the capital of the the known world at that time. And so Paul is writing to the Roman church, which would become the, the seat of the Catholic church, ultimately the universal church. And Paul writes uh, very important theological concepts concerning Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the need for salvation, the doctrine of salvation. In fact, outside of the words of Jesus Christ, the book of Romans contains the most important teachings in the New Testament. Every Christian should read and study Romans to grow spiritually. So I want to encourage you, friends, to listen carefully, to prayerfully receive the word of God And let the Lord minister to your spirit these timeless words of Paul from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish, That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are at Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness 
that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned relations with women and were inflamed with lust one for another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, He gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. I love Paul's humble beginning. He refers to himself in the letter as a servant of Jesus Christ, which of course he is. And he mentions he's called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel is the good news, the good news of God. The gospel he proclaimed is the gospel of the Son of God, the living Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul writes, who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. So this is a very excellent beginning. Paul goes on to salute them with grace and peace. Of course, grace was the traditional Roman greeting and peace, shalom, was the traditional Hebraic greeting. Many of Paul's uh, letters contain this compound greeting of both Roman and Jewish natures grace and peace. And uh, both of them are, are hallmarks of Christianity, come down to us 2,000 years later. But culturally, grace was a, a Roman greeting. Peace, shalom, was a Hebraic greeting. Now, in this chapter, we read that the just will live by their faith. And I want to just touch on that a second before I read the passage itself. Paul's gospel has touched all Christians in all generations. But two very famous Christians— were deeply moved by uh, verse 16 and 17 of this chapter, especially verse 17. The first being Martin Luther. When Martin Luther understood that the, the righteousness of God was revealed by faith, 
and that the righteous or the just would live by faith. The Holy Spirit quickened that reality to Luther. And Luther writes in his journals that it was as if he was born again. And of course, he probably was born again. Another hero of the faith heard Martin Luther's commentary on these verses. John Wesley heard the commentary of Luther on Romans, particularly Romans uh, chapter 1, while attending a Moravian service on Aldersgate Street in London. Wesley's testimony declares that his heart was strangely warmed as he heard the words, the righteous will live by faith, or the just will live by their faith. And so the gospel of righteousness uh, contains the truth that Jesus is the Son of God and the truth that you're justified not just by believing these things, but by faith in the Son of God. I want to read uh, verse 16, Paul's great declaration of the gospel in verse 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And when Paul said, just as it is already written, he's referring to the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2.4, the righteous shall live by faith. And so this principle, faith, it takes more than creeds and um, uh, services and membership in a church. You have to apprehend the good news of the gospel and uh, salvation in Christ through faith. Without faith, there's no connection with the Almighty. So the righteous live by their faith, not just by the uh, repentance, not just by professions of uh, belief, not just by reciting creeds or reciting prayers. It's a matter of faith. Paul goes on to say that everyone is without excuse, whether they've heard the, the good news about Jesus or not. Reading from verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. And in saying this, friends, Paul is declaring that nature itself declares the glory of God, that an honest, observant uh, seeker can find God through observing the natural created order around them, even if they've never heard the gospel and the words of the scriptures, that men are without excuse because uh, nature itself declares the glory of God. It, it reveals God's invisible qualities, according to the words of Paul. He goes on to say that in spite of this, many rejected God and became fools. Although they knew there was a God, they neither glorified him or gave thanks to him. And so he gave them over to depravity and sexual sin. Verse 24, therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies to one another. And so he lists sexual sins as a, a direct result of the rejection of God. He lists a litany of other sins. But ultimately, friends, if you reject God, you become a God of yourself. You have a, a God of your own imagination. You serve the devil and you don't know it if you reject the living God. And so they became fools, Paul says. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave him thanks, but uh, their foolish hearts were darkened. They became fools, verse 22 says. Lord, I pray that we would be wise. I pray, Lord, that we would uh, live by faith, as Paul said we should. I thank you for Martin Luther. 
the great reformer and his understanding of verse 17, the righteous will live by faith. I thank you for John Wesley, that he understood the righteous would live by faith. I pray, Lord, that we would understand we must live by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.